This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. Hi there. Welcome into Episode 5 of Small Talk. I'm your host, Michelle Smallman. And as promised, Double CD this week. Um, we, a couple days ago, we spoke to George Sedano. We had to get a, a deep dive opinion on LeBron James and his chances uh, versus the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals. Uh, so if you haven't listened to that, please check it out with George Sedano. But I couldn't let two weeks go by without getting together with the Post Show pod crew. And there were so many things on the docket this week that I want to talk to them about, including this crazy story from The Ringer about Brian Colangelo, the president of the 76ers. Um, if you haven't seen it, he basically has been accused or outed, if you want to say, of having these burner accounts on Twitter and just responding to fans and to media members, uh, outing undisclosed medical information of current players, ripping current players. It's a crazy dramatic story. So we're going to have to get Freeze Pops and Saruti on the line to break that down. Plus, we'll talk social media habits of people. What's cool? What's not cool? We'll we'll let you know. But as always, we need to get Tommy Freeze Pops on the line first. We got to do three random things and we will do that coming up next. Take 101 ESPN on the go with the all new 101 Sports app. See the latest videos, listen to podcasts, and join the conversation with the 101 Sports app. So joining us on the line is Tommy Freeze Pops. Tommy there. I am here. Hello. Hello. All right. Well, let's get this rolling. Time for three random things. Random thing number one. So I don't know if a lot of people have read this story. I sent it to Freeze Pops yesterday. He hadn't read it. But it's a story that was on The Cut, which is a great website about style and culture, etc. But it's about this girl in her young 20s. Her name's Anna Delvey, who came to New York City from Europe. And to just paraphrase it on the most minimal level, she essentially lies her way into New York's most inner circle, becomes kind of a power player, uh, you know, booking these meetings with people that don't take meetings with anyone, throwing these insane dinner parties at, like, New York's most exclusive restaurants and getting this, you know, incredible curation of people to show up and essentially getting them to give her money and fund this fake lifestyle and fake project that she had in New York. And obviously, uh, read the story, but it all unravels. I think it's incredible how she was able to dupe all these really powerful people. And I think this story is going to be made into a movie. But I'm texting with Tom and I'm like, how does this girl not only break into this insane social circle, but convince these people to give her money. Like, if I was taking an Uber and and didn't have the money, like, Uber would never be like, oh, okay, great. Like, I'll just give it to you for free. Like, she convinced Blade, this company, this helicopter company, to give her a private jet for $300,000. Like, I just, I can't imagine that someone would have enough power or persuasion to get all these things for free. Yeah, I found it fascinating because... You know, in a normal Ponzi scheme scheme story, you usually see, you know, like a fake investment company that, like, seems legit. Or, like, you know, you look at Wolf of Wall Street that, you know, started out with penny stocks. Like, it all starts out seeming legit, whereas this girl never seemed legit in the whole story. Like, I could not fathom how she kept getting people to give her money because nothing she was doing seemed like it was legit on any level. So I I was amazed that she was able to be so successful for like a solid, what was it? Two or three years. The girl was really killing it there. I mean, she, she was was like convincing hotels to let her live there for $400 a night. And she was sending them just wire transfers at, you know, months at a time. I mean, 
the, the thing is, was fascinating, and I, I'm sure Michelle will tweet out the link to the story or something, but the you should all go read it because it's fascinating. I mean, it, it's long, but I, it's really worth the read. Um, when Michelle originally texted me, like, hey, did you see the story? I expected just a quick, like, you know, like, New York Post type of, like, short thing. And it's this really involved feature that, like, goes super in-depth. I thought it was super fascinating. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, I couldn't even convince my parents to give me money, let alone, like, New York's <laughs> high roller. So props yeah. to Anna Delvey for this. Yeah, and, like, Martin Screlly is, like, at these dinners, which I thought was really funny. Um, who else was it? Macaulay Culkin? Yeah. Some, I mean, random people. Yeah. Very funny. It, you know, one of the things that she did in the story, and you're right, I'll tweet it out. My Twitter handle, for those that don't know, is M small M2. It's terrible. I know. I Great need to handle. Fix terrible handle. Um, but anyway, I... Uh, one of the things that she was that she kind of did is like you know you said Martin Screlly like she introduced him at this dinner party to people as her dear friend and so I think a lot right. of, so then people were like oh okay well she's dealing with him like you know she's legit I'll give her money or whatever and then you know he's obviously in jail now for a lot of different things but when they reached him you know in prison he was like that's the first time I ever met her you know so it's just like <laughs> little you know slights of hand like that that kind of weaselled her in but anyway check out the article it was insane. All right, so let's, story. let's move on to random thing number two. Um, I, you know, work in sports, do a sports talk radio show by day and by night when I'm not watching NBA playoff games or Cardinals baseball games, etc. I'm watching Bravo. Big, big fan of Bravo. Big fan of the Housewives franchise. And I've recently gotten into Southern Charm, and I have what I would consider a hot take on Southern Charm. So first, I need to know, Tom, do you watch Bravo? Are you a fan of Southern Charm? Okay, um... So as far as Bravo goes, uh, I don't normally watch it, you know, willingly. It's okay. normally like if I am with a female and I like slept over at her place and I wake up the next day and I'm like hungover and I'm just like laying around on the couch and I'm forced to watch it. Like that's the only time I will watch Bravo. So if you are too hungover to move and or find the remote, you will suffer through it. Essentially, yes. I mean, when I'm when I'm like on that level, I'm powerless because not only is the girl always in charge of those situations, I'm kind of hungover. So it's it's a losing battle for me to even try to change the channel. That's a likely story, Tom. I get that from a lot of my male friends. They're like, "Oh yeah, I only watch it because my wife forces me to." But what do you think about Thomas and Catherine's custody battle? You know what I mean? Like, guys always want to, you know, use the girl as like the buffer, like the girl's <laughs> the vessel for them to get to Bravo. But then once they get there, they're locked in and they love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I get. I haven't like you know had a serious thing going with a girl, so I, I don't have to like have it shoved down my throat because I believe it's a believable excuse to me. So, I don't know. I kind of I kind of roll with it. So have you watched Southern Charm? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I will parse my hot take. I'll just give it directly because you can't give me any back and forth. But I recently <laughs> binged all of the seasons. And I've got to say, this most recent season I find to be so boring. It's like the same storyline over and over and over again. Like, oh, Shep's young and single and he's never going to settle down and he's partying, but can he get over it? And like, you know, I don't know. I just find it to be a snooze. And I was very bummed because I thought it was one of the juicier Bravo pr franchises heading into this season. Huh. That's that's really that's really interesting. Are you watching the Jersey Shore reboot? I am not. I I wasn't really a Jersey Shore fan to begin with. Oh well, if you, if you were talking Jersey Shore, I'm all in. 
Should I watch it so that we can have it be a, th- a three random thing? I don't know. I mean, it, if you haven't watched it in the past, it's going to be tough to really like know what's going on. You might want to binge it. It's bingeable. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll get really hungover and get after that, all right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, well, let's move on to uh, the third random thing, random thing number three, I guess I should say. So NBA Finals start tonight, Cavaliers versus the Golden State Warriors part four. And, you know, a lot of people are talking about this matchup. People, you know, it's either one way or the other. You're like, I'm so sick of this. I can't believe that we have to suffer through another matchup with the same teams and then the other people on the other side of the coin are like hey it's the greatest player versus the greatest team like why wouldn't we want to see this so i've been looking for different angles uh for this series to just kind of freshen it up a little bit and i found this article that i loved so much and i want to break it down with you tom okay I'm there. Let's go. Okay, so the NBA is a global sport, and it's sneaky big in China, okay? It's the most followed sports league on the internet there. And, you know, if you've ever seen, like, Japanese baseball or a lot of times in Asia, um, fans have a lot of nicknames, and they have chants, and they have songs and things that they do. So fans in China have a whole host of nicknames for players in this series. So I'm going to roll through some of these Chinese nicknames and how they translate to English, and we're going to see... Um, what you think of them, okay? Okay. Okay, so this one is pretty easy. LeBron James, they call him Emperor James, okay? Obviously, in, in English, he's called King James. So, you know, that one, pretty basic, right? Okay, yep. Also, sometimes they call him Little Emperor, which is a little more <laughs> amusing. Um, okay. So let's move on to J.R. Smith. They call J.R. Smith in China Psychotic Blade. Okay, that makes complete sense. Like, what is that supposed to translate into American? It's. Uh, they said it's a nod to his unpredictability and inconsistency. Um, okay. So you don't really know what you're going to get from him. But I just think knowing J.R. Smith, Psychotic Blade fits him so well. Yep, that's that's perfect. Okay, so let's go to the Golden State Warriors. They call Steph Curry cute god. <laughs> I love that one. He is. He's a little cute. He's a little cute guy. He's just like a little. Uh, you know, he's like a little uh, doll out there. Um, this is another one. They say because of his relatively small size and youthful looks, fans also call him primary school student. <laughs> so I assume in like Mandarin, that sounds a lot different, but it's just like translated to English sounds really stupid. <laughs> I know. Can you imagine like, and another three from primary school student. <laughs> it's like, yeah, let's go primary school student. Woo. Like, that's, that's not a good nickname. Not a good one. Okay, they call Kevin Durant God of Death. This is inspired by that, you know, image of him as the Slim Reaper, so that one makes sense. Okay, yeah, I guess. But, that's like, can you, can you imagine having God of Death and Cute God on the same team? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a weird uh, dichotomy there. Um, and then this one was my favorite of all of them. So, Clay Thompson actually has two nicknames. Uh, they call him Buddha. Uh, because okay. his short, curly hair and his kind face, they said, remind Chinese people of Buddha. Um, He's also very stoic. I, I see that. They also call him, and here's the one I love the most, Soup God. What? Soup God. <laughs> Why? It says, I'll read it verbatim, the first Chinese character of the phonetic translation of Thompson is the same character for Soup, while God is a nod to his ability. <laughs> okay. 
soup god. I mean, that that one seems like it would make sense for J.R. Smith. Of course. But... J.R. <laughs> threw the soup this year. Like, if anyone's a soup god, it's J.R., right? Yeah, I, I like that. I mean, I get why they would call him soup god because of the translation stuff. But, like, you got to call J.R. Smith soup god. If someone's a soup god, it's the uh, unpredictable blade or whatever you called them earlier. Psychotic blade? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Mm-mm, good, absolutely. All right, well, uh, before we get Saruti on the line, quickly, Tom, predictions for the NBA Finals, go. Uh, Warriors in five. Ooh, Warriors in five, okay. I'm going to say Cavs in seven. What? No, I know. Really, I'm going to say Warriors in six, but, my, you know, my heart says <laughs> Cavs in seven. My brain says okay. Warriors in four, but we'll we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, you're a LeBron so I get it. I love him. He's the best. All right. Well, Freeze Pop, stay on the line. We are going to get Saruti, and we'll have the post-show pod talking internet drama next. Take 101 ESPN on the go with the all-new 101 Sports app. See the latest videos, listen to podcasts, and join the conversation with the 101 Sports app. Tommy Freeze Pops is still on the line. We're going to welcome Saruti in, get the post-show pod crew together. We have some updates. We got to talk about the internet. So let's just get this rolling. What's up, guys? How you doing? What's good? What's up? I, I got to get something out there that just happened to me. I want to run it by you guys. Okay. So is that cool? Nervous. I mean, me too, but go ahead. <laughs> okay. So uh, I got a little drunk last night. <laughs> cool. Uh, had some bars. Cool. Had some beers. Uh, so today, feel a little hungover. Uh, it was a Wednesday. Okay, Hump cool, day. cool. Yeah, just trying to get through the week. So, Tom, before yeah, you tell this, day. before you tell this story, on a scale of one to ten, how hungover are you? Uh, I'm at like, like a very solid six. Oh, okay, all right. All right. Yeah, great. so I'm functioning. <laughs> so, uh, I was hungover, and I said, you know what? I really just want McDonald's. I need some greasy food. Get it. So I roll up at 10.25 to the McDonald's, and I want a McDouble. And I said, can I have a McDouble? And they said, well, no, we serve breakfast in five minutes. And I said, okay. I mean, we serve lunch in five minutes. And I said, okay, well, it's five minutes from now. Can you give me a McDouble? And they said, no, you have to wait five minutes. So I said, okay, I'll have a Sprite. I got a Sprite. I waited in the parking lot for a few more minutes, and then I went back around and got a McDouble. That, is a, that ridiculous? That's a or terrible is that story. Completely normal. That's, rules are rules. First off, yeah. yeah. I mean, first of all, that, I, that's how you wanted to start this with a terrible story I, about your hungover <laughs> consumption habits. Like, don't care, Tom. Also, you got a McDouble. Like, do better. Yeah, gross. I didn't. I didn't want to eat like a full thing. I just wanted like a McDouble. You know, like a just McDouble a quick one. Sprite. Exactly. Just. Quick hungover food. But get I'd much it in rather, there. Get I'd the much rather have one of the breakfast sandwiches. Like, why don't you get like a McGriddle or something? For sure. Get a sausage, uh, egg, and cheese. It was too late for breakfast sandwiches. Yeah, clearly not. It, it, was was too, it wasn't even. Yeah, what are you talking what about? What are you, Tom? This is terrible. Is lunchtime for me. Okay, and not to Hot mention, start. if you're only a six on the hungover scale, you're going to McDonald's. Seems a little aggressive. By the way, I just what I craved. I don't know. I'm more of a like night of. Guy, if Same. I'm like I'm more than like the next morning, I'm gonna go eat some junk food. Like I would have gone to Taco Bell like at two a.m. Yeah, but am we, with you. we were too drunk to do that. Okay, ever heard of Uber, Uber Eats? Come on. Uh, 
<laughs> She's t- in college, um, our senior year, my girlfriends and I, uh, one of our guy friends was like, why don't you guys ever come to Afties, which was like the name for After Hours, obviously, like the raging party that went on at frat houses afterwards. Afties <laughs> is such a lame name. That's the worst name of all time. That's for what the frats would call it? Yeah, Afties. You come to Afties? I mean, wow. it was a thing, obviously. Oh, my God. Um, I could see sororities calling it that, but that's what the frats would call like, it? Like, everybody called it Afties. Let's not pretend frats are cool either. Come on. I mean, frats are cool, whatever. We don't need to go down this rabbit hole. But anyway, long story short, we were like, oh, because we're passed out having already eaten pizza by, like, 2 a.m. We're, we're not the type of girls that go to Afties. We're the type that house pizza and pass out. Yeah, that's that's the acceptable thing to do i've no there's no judgment there thank you somebody okay well let's keep things moving now that we have um, yeah, i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah you that. totally derailed this i'll allow it but whatever so we need to give another update because you know on the post show pod when we promise our loyal listeners something and then we don't deliver we need to explain ourselves so we talked about gypsies about my affinity for gypsies about Saruti's skepticism of gypsies. And when I taped with uh, Tom and Sedano earlier this week, I said, on Thursday, we're going to have a showdown, Saruti versus the gypsy. And we we don't have that for you today, but it's in the works. I need to explain why. So I don't want Saruti to just go to any gypsy. Like, this has to be a world-renowned gypsy that's going to literally prove me right that she can tell his fortune and see into the future and there's a specific person i want him to see and she's obviously very booked up because she's so great and it's hard to get it's actually difficult to book time with a really good gypsy so (laughs) as you know as as we know so we think we've been able to schedule it for monday the 11th i have to call her back today after we looked at the venn diagrams of schedules and hopefully it works with saruti but we're going to be able to record it and we will have audio of saruti's gypsy reading hopefully in a few weeks i don't know whether i should be nervous like what if she what if it gets real what if like she tells me some stuff i don't want to know it gets real she told me about a death that was going to happen in my family she also told you that i was super trustworthy yeah so sorry someone in my family your time's almost up i guess I'm just I'm just wondering what it could like what I don't know like how I don't want to be super rude to this woman because I'm sure she I mean obviously she's a professional she takes her job seriously but I just don't believe any of the stuff she says right so what's the what's the line I walk there here's my advice okay so what you're gonna do is you're gonna go in there she's gonna ask your birthday these things and then you're gonna pull tarot cards and she's gonna give you your reading and so I would just like let her say what she's going to say and mm-hmm. let it marinate. And then at the end, she opens it up for questions. She's like, do you have any questions or anything else you'd like me to read? Like for me, there was one specific situation in my life that I was like, can we expand on this? And we did a separate reading for that. So I think you kind of wait till the end and then you just go for it. Okay. I mean, I'm going to have a lot of questions. I'm going to be, I mean, I'd imagine I'm going to be extremely skeptical of most things she says, but, um, so I'll just record it on my phone, and we'll just play the best parts of it on the pod next week. Oh, my gosh. Gypsy versus I'm a little bit Saruti. nervous. I'm nervous. Like, I don't know. I'm it's going to be like, like first take. Yeah, pretty much. Like, will you be Stephen A. and <laughs> she's Max? Yeah, it'll, it'll be slightly hostile. <laughs> Truths will be exposed. Takes will be given. I'm, I'm just confused why this gypsy is so busy. Like, who, why is this gypsy in central Connecticut, like, so booked up that we couldn't get this done, like, this week? You know I'll what I mean? Why, like, what is why. this gypsy doing? A lot, of, a lot of rich white women. That's right. <laughs> okay. I guess so. Or she, uh, she is telling people things that are going to happen to them, and she's so good that everyone wants know, to go to her. I want to know what her hit rate is. Like, does she? What's what, what's her PER? Like, I want to know these yeah. things. Yeah. Well, you should ask her. Stats. Yeah. Like, I want to know. Like, you know, 
I just need stats. Yeah, like I need I need I need like Tom Habershow to break down the analytics of this thing. <laughs> okay, well, speaking of Habershow, let's transition into the most lit story of the entire week. Uh, we're clearly talking about Twitter and Brian Colangelo and the burner accounts and this whole drama that's been unfolding online on the internet. I need to get your guys' take on this. I mean, first of all, we can just go around the room, starting with you, Saridi. What was your reaction when you first read about this Colangelo situation? And, pro- and side note, props to the ringer for really just digging deep and uncovering this. The story was incredible. But what was your reaction? And then I want to know if either of you have burner accounts. So, Saridi, we'll start with you. All right. So, I mean, it, w- it was funny because, like, on Twitter, it was, like, this slow burn process where, like, I remember I saw a couple people tweeting about it, and I was like, ah, well, I don't know what that is. It seems like kind of a weird article. And then I saw a ton of people tweeting about it. I was like, all right, I guess I'll read it. And then by the time I had finished reading it, it just it was full blown. Like everybody on Twitter was talking about it. And the interesting part about it was I wasn't that surprised. I mean, l- listen, you're surprised that like that it was Brian Colangelo, but I wasn't necessarily surprised that like some executive had a burner account or specifically him when I really thought about it because this is a guy who who you know what has he been in charge for two years. And all people tell him is that he's just jumped on Sam Hinkie's bandwagon and everything, and then like he's just trash. And Sam Hinkie's this like god of you know analytics and basketball mind, and Brian is just coming in to ruin the day. And then he makes that bad you know trade, obviously giving up the chance to draft Tatum or doesn't draft Tatum and drafts Fultz, and that's a disaster. So listen, the guy's been getting it left and right. So I think he'd need a, like a therapeutic way to vent his feelings out there. And honestly, having a couple burner accounts didn't really surprise me that much. Wow. I'm I'm really surprised by that take by you, Sir. I mean, I feel like you would hate it. Me well, too. I, 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 I love Hank. I don't. I don't like. I, I would never do this, but I understand why someone in his his position would be driven to do something like this. Huh? I'm really I'm really surprised by that because I just think it's idiotic of him to do this. I'm like, not saying it's not smart. Just, why yeah. not just vent to your wife? Well, you know, deep, deep internet theory is that it is his wife. They've connected right. the and dots. They think it's her. I was just going to say, maybe he did vent to his wife, and she's the one that's been doing this. Um, but, I mean, the fact that he was divulging, like, legit secrets about the organization, yeah. like, behind-the-scenes stuff, it, I just feel like he's bonkers to me. Like, you got to be better than that, man. you really got to be better than that. And... I mean, you've been in the league for years at this point, and your family's as connected with the NBA as any family ever. And, you know, you're going to do stuff like this? I mean, come on, dude. I'm surprised he still has a job. I mean, granted, they're vetting this, and they're trying to figure out if it's real, but, man, what a bad look. I I mean, he's going to get fired. Michelle, Michelle, you're right. Like, the story is incredible. The Ringer did a fantastic job. I mean, I went through all the tweets that they put in the story, and I was reading every day. I mean, they did a really, really good job. And, man, whew, I, I, I could not believe that he did that. I I, I, it's unbelievable. Yeah, Tom, about the Ringer story. When I was reading it, it kind of reminds me. Uh, I have this I have this girlfriend, okay, who you could say, hey, my ex-boyfriend you know, is dating this girl. I need to know about her. And she's like, give me three minutes. And within three minutes, she can do an internet deep dive and be like, she went to high school here. She loves bunnies. She has a cat named Floyd. You know, she loves Pinterest. Uh, She's been planning her wedding since 2011. Like, she will come up with an entire rap sheet on this person and like five she'll be like, she used to be fat. She's lost 15 pounds. Don't worry about it. Like, when I was reading The Ringer, the way that they kind of laid this out reminded me of a girl doing 
doing an Instagram deep dive on her ex-boyfriend. But that's kind of how the story read to me was like, you know, if, if it is Colangelo, it just seemed so petty and like immature that you would spend your days going in between these five different accounts to rip people that are close to you. It just seems so lame. And I, you know, like you said, Saruti, I'm not surprised that an executive would have a burner account. But I guess some of the things that he was offended by or that he wanted to out seems surprising to me. Like, who cares what people have to say about the colors of your shirts? Like, clearly he does. Yeah. And like, do you do you hate the players on your team this much that you feel the need to go on the Internet and trash talk them? Like, I don't think it's about that, though. Okay, go ahead. I think it's a it, it it has to do with the situation that he was put in and why he's in a no-win situation. Because, like I said, everybody thinks Hinky is this god of basketball, and you know, like I'm a disciple of Sam Hinky. I think the guy was a, was was a genius and ahead of his time. But you, Colangelo's got people in Philly and wherever telling him, oh, like you know, you just gave you just got this job because of your dad, and now you're taking over for for Hinky. We all love Hinky. You suck. You make this you make this Marco false trade, and it ended up not working out. And he's he needs a way to defend himself, but he can't really say any of the things that he really wants to say to anyone in public. So he's using this as a venting process. That's what I looked at it as. And I think that but why the, not go ahead? But why not just leak this stuff to media members like normal executives? Because <laughs> yeah. listen, I, I valid question, but honestly, he he was trying to leak it to media members like the, the Okafor <laughs> medical stuff. Like yeah, I, he, he, he was, was tweeting trying. at bloggers, being like, ask this question. Egg. What, like what? It's not effective when you're doing it as a Twitter. Ad, exactly. Like no one would take that, that guy seriously. Right. Like what? The media member has people replying to like you know all of their tweets, and they the best, they're not going to read every egg that says, "Oh, they failed the physical here." Oh, Joel is a well, problem in the locker room. There are you know? two it's tweets like, that what got do you do me. It? There are two tweets that, that that made me laugh. One was the one when somebody was like, hey, is this actually you, Brian? And he ran, if it was him, and he responded, no, he's way too classy for that. Yeah. Like, the yeah, fact that, that he called crazy. himself classy, like the fact that that's even possible is incredible. And the other one that that gave me pause was the one about uh, Embiid and not wearing shirts. And I think the tweet, the tweet was something to the effect of like, oh, he, he doesn't like to wear shirts a lot. And then it was like a wink face emoji. I can't see Brian Colangelo using a wink <laughs> face emoji. And that was the first red flag that I was like, is it really him? Because why would he use that? No 52-year-old man would use a wink face emoji. I don't know. Because to me, that re- like dads are really weird on social. Like dads kind of don't know how to do it. So I could for sure see a dad throwing in like an innocuous winky face and thinking, that's cool when it's really not. Or he's just trying to throw us way off his scent, which is possible too. I mean, but that that would lead me to believe that if he is, you know, so loose with this that he's going to di- divulge player information, including undisclosed medical information online. But then be like, oh, but if I throw in a winky face, they'll never think it's me. But think about think about what we do as not even just us. We do it as the three of us. People do it at work. Um, people like to talk crap. Like that's what they do. Oh and yeah. That, that's what he was doing. Like we. That's that's an inherent human trait. That's that's like something that's in our DNA. Like we like to talk crap about other people, and that's just what he was doing. He was talking crap about Messiah Jury, Sam Hinkie, the players at Joel Embiid because he didn't think he was working hard enough. His coach. These are all things that like we do as people on a normal day basis. We talk we talk crap about our bosses. We talk crap about our coworkers. We talk crap about our friends. Totally. It just it happens. Like I think this is so normal. And now 
he took it obviously to an extreme, but all the characteristics of this are are normal human be- human behaviors. So you said something, Sarudi, that I want to move it forward. So we always say, you know, this podcast that we do, it used to be called the Post Show Podcast because we were the crew that worked on Rosalind Canal and would do this podcast post show. But we always say that we need to change it to PST uh <laughs> called people bleep talking because that's what we do before we actually roll yeah. on this is we just sit around the and mics and we talk about that. people we know. So I want to know, like when I'm reading this Colangelo thing, I'm I'm thinking like, man, he really hates a lot of these people that he, you know, feels the need to go online to talk about. So I, I, th- I want to pose this to you guys because I know I'm really guilty of this. Do you guys hate follow anyone on Twitter? Oh, a ton. Tom? Yes. yes. Okay, are any of us brave enough to reveal who we hate follow on Twitter? Man. Um, I will say that I cannot because I don't want to get Sarudi in trouble. Oh. I, that's fair. I will say I, I can name a name. I used to I used to hate follow Chrissy Teigen, and I know, and then I unfollowed her. Why did you hate follow Chrissy Teigen? Well, because everybody loves Chrissy Teigen, so I was like, what am I missing? Like, what? Okay, I'll follow her. So I followed her for like, I don't know, a couple months or so. Her tweets are awful. <laughs> she has awful tweets. Oh, I think she's great. No, no, she does the low hanging fruit thing. It's it's awful, and I like, and I want to get into specific things because I don't want to get in trouble about it. But she is, I, I I don't understand the Chrissy Teigen thing. So there's one name for you, but I but I don't follow her anymore. I had to stop. That's a good. I can one. see you hating that. Because I just you know I, she, you know. She, she she just talks about like you know all these things in society and I just I don't want to deal with that I don't need I don't need. <laughs> See I don't follow her because I don't have to because anytime she says anything that becomes like big news it just gets retweeted a thousand yeah. times and yeah. I see it anyways. A That's a great point. Yeah, I hate follow probably like two to six people. Um, they're all in sports media. Two to six. Yeah, okay. two to Most six. of them are in sports media. Yeah. yeah, they're they're all in sports media. No, I will not reveal their names because I know them personally. And outside of, you know, 120 <laughs> characters, they're delightful people. Um, but to me, it's, it's just like, we talked about this in the post-show pod earlier. You know, like, I'm here for this or like mood. It's just every single headline, they feel like they have to get in some really tacky tweet about it. Mm. Yeah, you know what's annoying too is is the person that does like the thread tweeting where he like will tweet he or she will tweet no. like uh, like twenty tweets like quoting themselves and it's like this big long thing during a game and you're like, dude, that's so self absorbed. Just like tweet like a normal person. Like, you don't need to live tweet the entire game. Oh but yeah, I follow like, that person like because I feel bad. No, not even. It's not a beat no. reporter. If it was a beat reporter, it'd be more acceptable. It's just like a, a regular person. Yeah, like hashtag wow, unbelievable goal. That's you know, bad. Yeah, like yeah. spare me. I don't need that. You know what else I hate on Twitter? Like people that I hate follow is when they have to quote tweet trolls and go after them. Oh, it's the worst. The public shaming yeah. of trolls. Like if it's something terrible and you do it once in a while just to like call somebody out and embarrass them, that's one thing. But to constantly have to feel like you have to defend your character from these un named faceless people online like that's bad content i don't really care what these people have to say about you and the more i see people talking badly about you the more i'm kind of like well that guy does have a point you know (laughs) i think it's an attention thing people's like oh people just want the sympathy oh i'm so sorry like i can't believe this happened i don't know man everybody gets hate on twitter like i'm a note word i'm i'm i have like no followers and i get hate on twitter which doesn't even make any sense so like anybody gets hate on twitter all I do is get trolled. Yeah, so like I don't know, man. Like that's what that's what again, that's like people talk crap. That's what they do. 
I don't know, some people take it too far, I get it, but, like, yeah, to quote them and be like, wow, like, can't believe someone would actually say this, and you're like, I don't know, man, like, it's Twitter, and that doesn't make it right, but, like, doesn't also mean you need to tell us every time somebody's bad-mouthing you. For sure. Well, Tom, I think you get trolled because of terrible takes and, like, McDonald's stories. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. So anyone listening okay. to this post show, go to Tom's Twitter. I'm going to let him read his handle because it's one of the best moments we've ever had on, you know, ESPN News history is when Tom gave his Twitter handle really hung over after the Patriots parade. But, you know, tweet at Tom. Let him know his McDonald's story was lame. So, Tom. Tom? Good. Tom. Wait, no, Saruti, what were you going to say? Yeah. Tom has some sneaky, terrible moments on Twitter, though. Oh, you for do. sure. I, I, I don't want to put you in the hate follow category because I don't hate follow you. But, like, there's some Celtic stuff in there and, and some Boston <laughs> bias stuff that Big I'm just like, I, I don't need this in my time. I mean, what? I am who I am. I can't Celtics seven, you know, LeBron slander. <laughs> like you guys lost LeBron for the millionth time in a row. Like I don't know. You you, ha- you kind of have to stop talking crap now. Like this one, May twenty seventh. I'm sad. Period. More thoughts tomorrow. Yeah, that, I actually laughed at that. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, how's that bad? Or how about this one? Quote, tweet, Celtic Radio Network, Game 7, let's go, all caps. Well, that's just just self-promotion. I get that. Hold on, i got to bring your Twitter feed up because I I need specific examples now. It's mostly just just Celtic stuff. Tom, give your Twitter handle for those people listening. At your boy TC Fresh. Nice, respect. (laughs) I'll Uh, never get over that. It's boy with an I. Like, oh, here we go. <laughs> I, the dot, 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 million dots. I think the Celtics can beat the Rockets. No, they couldn't. Get out of here. I, you guys I, didn't I even get could. there. How about you beat, this, how about you beat the Cavs do. first? Okay. That's, that's real nice, Sarudi. Fair. Okay, so, again, moving this forward, because we have a lot of – we talk crap about a lot of people on social media, so I feel like it's only fair that we do it on the pod. So I sent you guys on our text chain the other day a screenshot. I'm not going to – we cannot read it because this person will know it's them um, – of an Instagram bio of someone that I know. And I sent it to you guys, and I said, is this the worst Instagram bio you've ever seen in your life? And Sir Rudy just writes back with one word, loser. And it's someone I know's ex-boyfriend, okay? And so we got onto this conversation via text chain. Like, would you date someone that's really bad at social media? And or if you started dating someone and then you followed them on social and they followed you back and you pulled it up, you were like, oh, boy, this is this is bad. Or is that something that you could overlook? Tom, go. you go first. So my take on this is... If I hated them on social media, I feel like I wouldn't get to the dating level, you know? Like, if I already hated them before on social media, it would have been something that would have been addressed. And if if it went one way, we'd be dating. Or if it went the other way, it would be over. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like people are very defensive about how they post on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and, you know, it, it, depending on how that conversation went would determine if I would be dating. Does that make sense? I mm. think so. No. Because my question How is... How does that not make sense? Because, again, terrible take. Because my question is, like, what if you just met someone out, okay, and then you get their phone number and you text them, hey, let's go on a date, and you go on a date, then you're going to follow them on social. But what if you really liked them on the date, and then you pull it up and you're like, hmm, fire political takes. Okay, here we go. Right, but I guess I guess we're we're splitting hairs here as to what the word dating is. I mean, I assume date when I say 
that you're dating someone, I assume your boyfriend and girlfriend, you know? That's, yeah. That's, in my head, that's where that's where I went. But, I mean, if you start a relationship with someone and then you follow them on social after and you realize yeah, that. Yeah, I feel, I feel like I would already be following someone if I was their boyfriend, you know? You're I mean, not girlfriend. understanding this. You're annoying me. This is, you're, I'm saying you, okay, clear your head. Dom, I know you're hungover. You've got McDonald's churning in your brain, but like clear it out. Let's start over. Okay. <laughs> you meet a girl on Tinder. Okay. You go sure. on, you go on a date. You only know her first name or whatever. I, I've never been on Tinder or whatever's on her mm, bio. You allegedly. don't, you, <laughs> allegedly, you don't know her full info, right? So you go on the date. You think she's so cute, funny, interesting. You really like her. You get all of her info, okay? You have a great time on the date. You literally go back to all your boys and the house. You're sitting around with your baseball pillow, and you're like, oh, my God, I really like this girl. So then you, next step, I'm going to check her out on social media. So then you you look her up on Instagram, Twitter, whatever, and then you start reading. And as you're doing a deep dive, you're like, uh-oh, this is problematic. What do you do? Ah, okay. Okay. Um, Trudy, what's your take? <laughs> So I would say it depends what it is. Like if if she, if it's like if she was like you know if she had a Hillary for prison 2016 bumper sticker or the opposite if she had like a I don't know like I, something on the left I, I I would probably stay away from that and I'd be bummed out by it. But it also depends on how good looking she was, because um, that I would probably be willing to put that aside for a little bit. Thank you for being honest. Yeah, if I, like, listen, I mean, Tom, I feel like you would say the same thing. Like, if she, yeah. if, if it's like an Instagram model and she's got some questionable tweets, I'd be like, all right, yeah, not the end of the world. I'll figure it out. Okay. But, yeah. but if she, like, what if she's just bad at, like, I mean, is is it just like things that she posts about, or could, is it like she's just terrible at doing it? Like she physically can't use the app. Like she just doesn't post good pictures or doesn't say anything interesting. Okay, like I guess here's my question. So I think some people, when you meet them in regular life, are totally normal, and then you're like, why do you not translate online? Like I can't understand, right? So like for instance, you guys tell me this is weird. I know this guy. He's totally normal and so nice, and. I follow him on Instagram and all he does is post selfies. And I think it's so weird for a guy to post selfies all the time. Mm -hmm. Right? That would be red flag. Totally. What would the red flag be for a girl though? I'm trying to think like annoying tweets, like live tweeting their life. You're like, ugh, so tired. Hashtag iced coffee. (laughs) But I feel like most like average girls, like Michelle, you would probably know this. Like your friends who aren't like sports people, are they even on Twitter? No, none of them are. On so Twitter. this this is really an Instagram. Not even on Facebook. Really, yeah, really Instagram talking. story. So how yeah. you, how how would a girl be annoying on Instagram? I'm just trying to like like if she was super basic, like if if she was super basic, I would be that would that would turn me off. I know what it is on Instagram. Okay, what? my thing for girls on Instagram again is like selfies or like you in a crop top posing on steps, and then you put like a Buddha quote underneath it. Yeah. Something that, like, these two things don't go together. Yeah. Yeah, It's just, like, you think you look good, post it. You know, I don't need you to be, like, happiness is found within. Yeah, I'd respect it if the caption was just, like, hey, I look hot today. Instead of, like, (laughs) you know, like, I would respect that. Like, you know what? That's awesome. Right. I also hate a lot when people are, like, on a diet or they're, like, oh, body transformation. But every day they post their workouts or what they're eating. Like, yeah, every single yeah. day. Like, I respect you losing yeah. weight. But, yeah, again, don't – I don't want to see, like, every single part of meal a meal that you've eaten. Yeah, do you really think your grilled chicken looks good enough to Instagram? <laughs> the answer is no. Yeah. So, well uh, so here's my take on that, though. Like, 
I, I hate that for sure. And I feel like everyone kind of hates when people do that. But at the same time, like, it's hard to hate on them. if like, that's what's helping them lose weight, like, more power to them. You know what I mean? Like, if that's what's helping them get through, because it's tough to lose weight, guys. I mean, as a big guy, I'll tell you. <laughs> but right, you know what? Instead of posting grilled chicken, maybe just don't go to McDonald's at 1025 and ask for lunch. Whoa. Okay, listen. Truth hurts. That, <laughs> yeah, that, that does beat. But, no, I mean, if that's what's helping them get through, like, it's hard for me to hate them. Okay, you know? you're being too positive. We're trying to talk badly about people here, <laughs> not, like, uplift them. Come on. Okay. I'm, I'm more sorry. I'm more angry about like the girls with the bad captions though. That's yeah. that's yeah, me. Like same. when that's, yeah, when it's that's just where like, I go. Yeah, but, like when it's just a picture of you on the beach and it's like, you know, even when it's raining, be the sun. <laughs> like I don't even like like that doesn't make sense. You look good, just say you look good in the picture. I don't care. Like I, I I'm gonna post that on my whatever <laughs> yeah, I've like, never posted a selfie in my life, like a solo selfie, and I think I'm gonna do it with a filter on and that's gonna be the caption. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't even make sense, but that's the point. Um, but you guys are with me, right? Like it's abnormal for a guy to post that that many selfies. Yeah, no, right? you shouldn't do that. That's a bummer. Yeah, thousand percent. I, I think know. I've posted maybe two selfies ever. One time is when I had a mustache for a weekend. That doesn't. And the count. other time yeah. it was uh, I That's shaved a- my face after having a beard for like. Six months. So yeah, they're both. Hands. Yeah, that's fine. Those are, those are acceptable. It's not just like you, like you know, just woke up kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I just woke up like this, etc. Yeah, that's bad. Okay, well, speaking of talking badly, we can't let this internet conversation go by without talking about the most lit thing on the internet this entire week. Mm. Clearly, we're talking about Pusha T coming after Drake. I mean, I sent this to the group text for, for just to give some background. So, you know, Pusha T and Kanye put out an album. They ripped Drake for having a ghostwriter on his raps. Drake then put out the Duppy Freestyle and was basically like, you know, who are you to talk about me? You're not even in the drug game, et cetera, et cetera. And then Pusha T comes out and was like, hey, your dad left your mom when you were five. She's never been married and you have a secret son with a porn star. See you later. Like, totally eviscerates him. So I sent it to the group text. I'm like, please tell me you guys have heard the Pusha T, Drake comeback, slash what do you think about it? Well, it, it's my first thought was, like, who, Pusha T, where, like, what what year is it? Like, I don't know. I don't think I've listened to Pusha T in a good, at least a decade. So I didn't even know he had a new <laughs> album out, let alone that it was out with Kanye. Um, oh, I'm, I'm a big Drake guy. I like Drake. I also don't understand, like, what's the big deal of having ghostwriters? Like, I feel like everybody does that. Like, it's not that, who cares? And, like, and as Drake said, Kanye has ghostwriters who is doing the album with Pusha T. So, what are we doing here? Like, I, if you don't like Drake, I get it, because he, you know, rappers think he's soft, right? Mm-hmm. But I've always been this kind of, like, I'm, I can't really relate to this, because I've always compared this thing to, like, all right, a lot of rappers don't like Rick Ross either, right? Because Rick Ross, like, was a parole officer, and he wasn't, like, really about the game and all that stuff. But, like... I don't know. Like I'm a white guy from Connecticut. I just like his music, so I, I don't I don't relate to his music. So it's the same thing with Drake. Like I don't necessarily relate to it. I just like the music. Like I, you know, it's good it's good stuff. So I can't relate to Pusha T being mad about you know who he is as a guy and him being soft. But like, where did he unearth all of these facts from? That's what I'm confused about. Like, how did did anybody else know that Drake had a son? So I googled it as soon as I heard it. I was like, "Is this public knowledge?" And it was on some blogs. It was a thing for a while because she, I guess, put it on Instagram, and then he followed her. It was like this whole thing. So a couple of the blogs had had unearthed. So it's it. true. Allegedly, imagine finding out you have a son on Instagram. Right? Yes. I don't know <laughs> from a porn star, no less. Um, I saw this bus. Being, I saw this meme of like 
it was like a little kid crying, and it was like when when Drake says, "I only love my band and my mom. I'm sorry, and you're Drake's son." <laughs> I saw you know the one of Roy Williams like dancing and jumping yeah. into the hype circle. Yeah. I saw one of of that Roy Williams hyped up, um, and the caption was when you told all the kids at school that Drake was your dad, and no one believed you, and yeah. they opened the internet today. <laughs> That's funny. I know. I was like, that's true. Um, what is she a stripper? Is that what? No, she's a she's a European porn star, I believe. Oh, good. Oh, hell yeah, let's go. Love Europe. What's her name? I'll pull it up. (laughs) (laughs) You're gonna hate follow her on Instagram. No, Uh, I might check out some of her work. No, just yeah, let's just you know check it out. Okay, her name is Sophie. Sophie Brousseau. Oh, Mm. nice. Okay, that work I can't do it right now. You know, Tom, I'll let you find it on your own, okay? <laughs> yeah, do some work, Tom. I don't know, but yeah, I just so, but, I don't get it. Go yeah, ahead. Well, so here's my thing with this, Rudy. Like, like I understand that like you don't understand rap beats clearly uh, because that's not true. People... Because I understood the I understood the um, the Drake Meek Mill one. I thought Drake was 100 percent right. Yeah, but where are Meek Mill's researchers on this? Okay, if Pusha T can unearth all of this in like five Maybe, seconds, here's what it was. Maybe Kanye just told him. Well, no. So it's, I think it's I think it's a thing where it's like, uh, like you know, we're in sports media. We know some stuff about people. You know, everyone in media or in any industry knows some stuff that's not like out about other things. You know, like we we all know things about each other in in all all the industries we're in, and you know, it's just not public knowledge. So maybe it was just like a thing that people in the rap game knew, and he just put them on blast. You know, mm. but but to my point before. I mean, this is what this is what people do when they have feuds in rap. I mean, they get super personal, and they just anything they know about you is fair game, and they just bring it up. I mean, you look at uh, you know No Vaseline for Ice Cube uh, when he went at uh, Dr. Dre in the early '90s, or you look at uh, Tupac and Biggie going at each other, Ether with with Nas towards Jay Z. I mean, all of those raps are super like graphic, like. I can't even talk about what they're about on this podcast. This is a family podcast. Um, it's for the kids. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just what these rap feuds are. So I can't, I mean, that's, just, that's just kind of where I sit on it. Like, I, it, it's all fair game yeah, in their mind. But it just seemed like Drake was like, oh, you know, said something so benign. And then Pusha T was like, okay, I'm going to throat punch you publicly <laughs> that's true he did he did come way harder at drake than drake came at him that's a very good point yeah yeah i mean that goes back to like people like is drake soft i don't know even if he is soft i mean i, mean, I imagine push the t is a little harder than drake but i don't know i thought back to back drake the meek mill one was a great song i don't that think was, any of these were great good. songs like they're they're just not they're not good songs that's the thing back to back was a good song back to back was awesome yeah yep all right. Well, I guess we should wrap this up. Um, thank you guys again for joining me this week and for, you know, kind of revealing who you hate follow on Twitter. And yeah, we had ways. one. We had one. But then you unfollowed her, so it didn't really work. I know. I feel like this was not a great episode for me. <laughs> no, Tom, I, I was just going to say, like, thank you for doing this. Clearly, you're on the struggle bus. Clearly, you're on the DL. Um, <laughs> I appreciate you just, I like, just coming like through. I- I took I took some unfair criticism this week, and I don't know how I feel about it. Just this start off with a banger of a story. Pod. Yeah, this is probably your worst performance. I'm not going to lie. But. Jesus. 
But we appreciate the effort. We, we really, really do. Um, clearly, I'm the only one with compassion in this group, though. I mean, geez. I mean, clearly, you're the only one turning up on a Wednesday night in this group. <laughs> but anyway. All right. Well, Whatever. thank you guys so much. Next time we convene two weeks, hopefully, Saruti will have squared off with the gypsy. <laughs> and we will have audio for you guys then. Um, but until then, we'll talk to you guys later. Later. Bye. And thanks again to all of you for listening, for your support for this podcast. As I mention every time, if you enjoy it, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and on Podcast One. If you've already reviewed, have your parents review, have your significant other review, have your friend review, and we will keep this thing rolling. Um, So thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.